When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Trish, I've had the fall. <laughs> you know they all talk about that. Oh, from grace. The, the fall, fall that the you fall have. Being old. Oh, when you start getting old. When you start getting older oh. and you start talking to your parents and you say, don't do that because you might get the fall. Yes. I had a really spectacular one. And I'm going to tell you because I think it will make you laugh. Because <laughs> you like laughing at mine. Laughing at your So I don't injuries. have any culinary skills. I'm very scared of heights. And then mm. the other thing you know about me is I'm incredibly clumsy mm, terribly mm-hmm. clumsy jiggling around in the bath trying to get my top off what tripped what over in the Why? bathroom just right. undressing trying to get oh, my top in the off. bathroom yes in the bathroom, bathroom. yeah tripped over myself and fell sideways into the full bath oh. <laughs> i mean how the can a grown woman do bath that bath full of water yeah sloshed everywhere yeah oh, just predi- like something in a kind of disney cartoon <laughs> You just couldn't. And I, as I was going down, I thought, oh my God, that's how they're going to find oh. me. It won't be like Bridget Jones, you know, where her worry is she's yes. going to be eaten by an Alsatian mm. because she's been living on her own. They'll find me half dressed, drowned, ironically, half dressed, half given drowned. my swimming, yes. drowned in the bar. Oh, it's the worst. That, and that's how they'll put me in the ambulance, half dressed in the did you, bar. Did you hurt yourself? Did you break a hip? Because no, I did bruise thing. my thigh. You bruised your thigh. <laughs> <laughs> bruised thigh. Did you scream? Did you shout? Did yes. You know, nobody did. came to yeah. your rescue. They won't come in the bathroom if they think oh, no, they that's might true. see the parental that's unit true. naked. That would no, just, they'd exactly. have to call the ambulance for themselves that after it. that. That would they? do it. Well, you're just going to have to get one of those sort of rubbery mat things, you know, and one of those alarms that you can pull. Maybe the time has come. Never mind buying those gorgeous new cushions and sofas. You need an alarm in your bathroom by the sounds of things. Can I get one now? When I pull it, a nice young man comes in with a glass of champagne. <gasps> Good. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy, and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Trish and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. I hope you've noticed, Lorraine, that I've made an extra effort with my hair and makeup for today's show. You have noticed. Good, good. You look very glamorous. If I was there, I would kiss you. Oh, well, I know nobody can see us, but I thought I might, my usual sort of scraped back hair in a ponytail and bare face wouldn't cut it for today's special guest. Trish, you did once wear your pyjamas to record this (laughs) podcast. For the bottoms, at least. Quite frankly, now you look like Miss World in comparison. Mm. Mm. Um, I do think you made the right call, though, because um, I've dressed up a little bit as well. Uh, We have got to be glamorous today. We've got to 
dial it up because joining us on Postcards from Midlife is the very shiny-haired, sharp-witted, glamour-puss herself, Claudia Winkleman. And she is here to talk about turning 50 this year. Now, you might have to cast your mind back to that, Trish, because it's quite a long time ago, wasn't it? It's a longer time <laughs> ago. for me, yeah, long ago, longer ago for yeah. me. Well, I do remember it well. And, uh, I doubt that, the... Trish, you'd have been off your head. Well, apart from the champagne fuel parts, I do remember it well. But I'm really keen to hear how Claudia is feeling about turning 50, because I actually loved it, because... I don't know about you, but the 40s felt like quite a slog to me, whereas 50 felt like, oh, hang on, light at the end of the tunnel. Things are getting a bit easier. Things are getting a bit better. Yeah, I think the 50s herald new horizons, mm. don't they? There's a plethora of celebrities mm. turning 50 in 2022, and I wonder if they're feeling the way we do about being 50. Gwyneth Paltrow, 50. <gasps> wow, yes. That. Cameron Diaz, mm. Maya Rudolph, love her. Jennifer mm. Garner, everyone who's anyone, my celebrity friends, <laughs> They're all in the 50 plus club now. Well, that really makes me feel better, doesn't it? Being in the club with Gwyneth, that's that's a, a nice place to be. But what's also making me feel better this week is the news that vaginal oestrogen pessaries are potentially going to be made an over-the-counter medication. But what didn't make us happy, though, was how many news outlets got the information completely wrong about this, didn't they? I despair. I despair at the lack of quality journalism on the national newspapers because I had lots of emails from editors saying, will you write about this? And I had to email back and say, this this is not what's happening. There is not HRT over the counter without a doctor's visit. So I do like the way you went from Hollywood to pessaries there. (laughs) That's quite a good, as well. A good link, yes. Le- learning on the job, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Your skills. But you are right, and the paper's made a right old hash of it. There's so much ignorance out there about menopause and hormone replacement therapy. Let's tell everyone now, just to mm. be clear, what is happening, because I know people on the Facebook group have asked. So what the government is proposing, and they're just proposing it at this stage, is that the GINA-10, that's what it's called, vaginal oestrogen pessary. The vagina is the inside bit. The vulva is the outside bit. And if you have vaginal atrophy, which does affect about 80% of women in menopause and perimenopause, this estrogen pessary can help with the symptoms once you put it in. So it could be made into an over-the-counter medication. You could go to your pharmacy and you could ask for it and pay for it over the counter. However, the confusion, I think, arises is because it's part of a, a group of hormones, estrogen, which you can't buy over the counter. So the, the tablets are absorbed locally in the vagina, unlike HRT, which replaces the estrogen all over your body, as we know, where you have um, estrogen receptors. And according to Dr. Newson, and I've interviewed her about this many times, the pieces I've written, there's no risk of cancer or blood clots with these pessaries. So this is something for vaginal atrophy. This is not hormone replacement therapy. Now, the government public consultation about it closed on the 23rd of February. So we're going to await the outcome of that. And we will report back to you if it's greenlit. Um, it's kind of amazing that, you know, something that helps with vaginal atrophy, oh, yes. actually. It's, yeah. It'd be an extraordinary yeah. thing if it's easier for women to get, because it's also, you know, it's difficult to talk to your GP about that particular yeah. aspect of menopause and perimenopause. I mean, so fingers such crossed, a, everybody. such a low dose of estrogen and a localised dose of estrogen, which is why they feel that it's safe. Yeah to make it as an over-the-counter medicine, hopefully. So, well, well done, Lorraine. Problem solved. You've cleared that one up. And talking of which, before our interview with La Winkleman, we are slipping into our agony art guises to offer some advice on a variety of midlife dilemmas, aren't we? I feel like we should have an outfit for being <laughs> agony aunts, Trish. <laughs> 
okay suggestions on well, the facebook well, group. what should yes. we wear what <laughs> yeah. should we wear i think a sort of um silky dressing gown with big flowing sleeves and a, a cigarette holder without cigarette in it <laughs> what do you think <laughs> Wafting. That's true. I was thinking something more medical, but anyway, <laughs> can't wait to do it. Um, yes. I'll let Gwyneth and uh, everyone else know that they can come to us with their problems, shall I? Yes, I think you should. It's Dear Trish and Lorraine time, in which we share some midlife troubles that may or may not be our own, or they might be the trials and tribulations of some of our friends, or they might have popped up on the postcards from Midlife Facebook group, which, just to reassure you, is a confidential space for women only. So any that we talk about on this show that are from the Facebook group, we will change names and some details to keep those anonymous. So which pesky predicament shall we kick off with today, Lorraine? Well, I'm going to go with this one. It's a kind of relationship empty nest one, which we jumped on, Trish, didn't we? Because Mm. it's looming. Emptiness is looming for you and your 18-year-old twins and me and number two leaving. Mm -hmm. So shall we call her Marjorie? Yes. Marjorie. I like that. Marjorie, Marjorie. your best fake name. I like that. I made that one up. Marjorie, I'm sorry, whoever we've given this name to. And I do like Marjorie, it's a nice name. Anyway, she says, I would like to know how others spend weekends with their partners once kids have flown the nest. My hubby and I had a heated debate (laughs) this morning about him taking three to four hours on a Saturday or a Sunday to visit his parents and then go to the gym. While I don't object to either thing independently, it does annoy me that he tags the two things together. I see this as valuable weekend time as we both work long hours during the week. Am I being unreasonable? Do other couples spend their time together at weekends or am I living in a dream world? No, you are not, Marjorie. You're not living in a dream world. That is perfectly Mm. reasonable to expect your husband not to take up most of a whole day of the weekend doing two things on your own. I mean, I think it's the whole emptiness thing. Obviously, as you said, we're gearing up to it. So it's something that I'm thinking about enormously. And I'm kind of imagining that it's probably going to be really easy to stay busy after the kids keep going, keep doing stuff busy 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 but probably as individuals more than doing stuff together so that I think the kind of the doing stuff together is what needs to be worked on because quite often I bet when you end up together you just talk about kids as well so you don't want to end up in that scenario and you know I suppose the likelihood is that you won't have spent much time focusing on each other in the past two decades. And, you know, during that time, you could have developed different interests. There might be things you're interested in doing that you haven't talked about. Um, and you're kind of out of the habit of that sort of part of your life. So you kind of need to learn how to do it again. And I think the kind of thing I cling on to is that if you had fun and adventures before the kids came along, which Neil and I did, you should be able to have fun and adventures after. If you didn't have them before, maybe you didn't have enough time together as a couple before kids came along, or maybe you just didn't have fun and adventures. If it is something you want now, you are going to have to communicate with that about that, I think. So what do you think about that? Well, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of couples don't have children. Um, And then when they move to this stage in life, they've already in a routine where they're already working out what they do at weekends, Mm. but they'll certainly be doing less work and possibly looking at sort of a more early retirement from full-time work as well. So it's all about dealing with change, isn't it? I think Mm. it's that same thing that we keep approaching in midlife. And I think 
The main thing, certainly when you talk to therapists about it and for things I've written, is about communicating your needs and wants at this stage in life. So you aren't probably going to be doing everything together because the whole reason you'll be with someone is because they're different from you and they like different things. So, you know, certainly my husband and I are very different. I mean, you couldn't get him anywhere near water to go Mm -hmm. swimming and do anything like that. And also I've built communities around my hobbies and I think, you know, so is my husband. So to break into those communities as well, I think, would be difficult. It's about communicating what you would like to do together. And I think it's about really anticipating what it's going to be because this can often come as a real surprise. Certainly some of the women on the Facebook have talked about this, haven't they? That it's Mm. a shock to suddenly be up on a Saturday morning and there's no one there. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. you know, there's no house to renovate because you've already done all of that. And there's no projects to do at the weekend for work because you're so, you're kind of skilled enough to have it all done by Friday. So it's about sitting down and thinking where are the the touch points, the things we're going to have to find we're going to have to fill. Well, I talked to Fiona Gibson, who's a novelist and she's also a former magazine uh, colleague, brilliant Fiona. And she's written, uh, one of her novels is called The Woman Who Got Her Life Back and it is about empty nest and Fiona herself is a couple of years into empty nest after bringing up twin sons and a daughter and she was telling me about that with her and her husband that they started planning it before because they started thinking about all the things that they did with their kids that were really annoying so for example they went to when they went Monopoly. to Monopoly <laughs> well when it was more like when they went to Cornwall and they were in St Ives they really wanted to go to the Tate Gallery but of course they couldn't because the kids were moaning and wouldn't go and da 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 so when the kids left they went back and not only did they go to the gallery they saw that the next day was going to be a drawing day a one day drawing workshop she persuaded her husband to go he really didn't want to go he's brilliant at drawing and now they're kind of painting together and then because they had their children only two years after they got together they felt they didn't get to do all the fun stuff in their 20s that you you know you can do as a couple so they kind of rented one of these little camper vans and tootled off around Scotland and so she said it's very much about trying to find the fun and it isn't just doing everything together because as you say you need to have your own breathing space and do things apart but doing stuff together is it's hugely important so Marjorie you have to sit down Invite it. your husband out for dinner, go on a date. Yeah, go and a lot of this day, stuff is free, more. isn't it? We're not saying yes. take up expensive, no, you know, buy a no, load of gadgets exactly. or it's, put yourself yeah. somewhere else. There's a lot of free stuff. And also yeah. something that came up on the Facebook group is this learning to sit and do nothing. Oh, yeah. So I put up a post about a desert island disc with Tracy Ullman, which is so brilliant to listen mm. to. And underneath is a thread from some lovely women talking about how they just took time out to sit and listen to it without, mm. you know, driving somewhere, yeah. doing it while they were shopping. <laughs> learning how to do nothing with yourself and being with yourself is a really nice skill to have, I think, yeah. as well in empty nest world. I do agree. What else have right. you got to me? Right. Next up from Conundrum Corner, we have Mavis. 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 Who says? Is she a character from Coronation She She was actually, yes. Yeah. My teenager's diet is awful. He has a friend over and they've just ordered an obscene amount of junk food from one of those instant delivery apps, a mountain of sugar. I've confiscated most of it, which has made me very unpopular and probably wasn't the right thing to do. But a few weeks ago, he did the same and ruined his stomach to the point of needing the day off school. He eats well at mealtimes at home, but terribly when he's out, including at school. Are they all like this? 
do I just leave him to it, hoping he'll come out the right way up in a year or so? Wow. What Teens can we say and about junk that? food. My Teen son boys came and home. We don't have fizzy drinks in the house, but mm. my son came home with three different shades of Fanta yesterday oh, and they were God. mystery flavours and he couldn't oh, decide dear. which one, so he bought all three. <laughs> Oh, they're all disgusting let me pour yes. them down so, but you know it's his own money so mm. um obviously as you know for my book mum what's wrong with you I've talked to a lot of nutritionists about mm. teenagers food and and you know we've talked to a couple for the program before so I think you have to take a really deep breath as a parent here and I know it's upsetting to watch it but you really can't get your knickers in a twist mm. about this this is something they're learning their brains are mm. being rebuilt so they are learning and it is really hard to change anything around food during the teenage years it's a really difficult thing to do and it's a little bit of a dangerous thing to do because you don't want to encourage eating disorders because there's a lot of problems with teens who eat too healthily and don't eat anything else as well a nutritionist told me she was seeing a lot of that anyway they're experimenting easy to say don't worry but one of the things that nutritionists say is focus on how they're eating not what they're eating Mm -hmm. so it's looking at trying to get them to eat in a more regular way so that by the end of the day they don't just stuff themselves because they're starving Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. the the sugar rush is the worry yeah tina lond colk i think that's how you pronounce her name is very good on how you can get you know when they're at school they have regular breaks during the day when they are given snacks and it's all Mm -hmm. kind of laid on for them so try and instigate the same thing at home you could leave fruit in their rooms Mm -hmm. uh, oranges and apples in their rooms leaving fruit around the house adding things in instead of taking things out so you know encouraging them to have a glass of water every now and again because that's really good and stop them getting dehydrated making breakfast muffins really quick easy to do leaving them around the house to fill up so that they're mm. not going to consume quite so much and it's really looking about those patterns and maybe nudging them into eating instead of but no. I don't think you are going to stop them eating no I don't think there's stuff. a quick fix I mean my 18 year old son is still in the beige food stage and just literally yeah. meat and carbs and honestly my heart sinks I go downstairs and see mm. a KFC bucket jammed into the bin obviously not closed properly spilling out everywhere and I'm like oh god or he's come back from college with a meal deal lunch with you know crisps and a sugary drink but you know they are craving carbs they are growing but as you say it's as long as they're eating the healthy stuff they need so some fruit and vegetables lots of water regular meals yeah you can give them the kind of vitamin, vitamin d, d and supplement. b12 for really good you can get them in sprays now so you yeah. can um just spray they can just spray them very quickly so as long as they're getting those and i mean interestingly his twin sister my daughter she changed completely at 16 and yeah. she is now vegetarian and healthy and all of that having been a bit of a sugar addict so i don't really know is the answer um well i, I don't just think you yeah. can only do what you can do and modify the right exactly behaviors. and add in don't take out and don't yes. judge them for it yes I think that's and then the key thing. look up look forward to clearing up bits of moldy fruit that you've left around the house well yeah <laughs> that does eat or nuts yeah they love leaving nuts yeah. everywhere yeah, around the house exactly. but I think it's what you're doing with that is if they're not eating them is you're encouraging them when they're older to think that that might be something that they yeah. can do certainly my 19 year old she's nearly 20 is so much more healthier now mm. she's living on her yeah. own than she was yeah now our yeah. next midlife are needing real assuring words and advice is Ethel what the hell is going on here are you channeling aged aunts have you have you got a book pre-world war one names that you're using (laughs) yes anyway Ethel says 
I think we've got some good answers for this one. I'm one of those people who decided the pandemic was the right time to move out of the city into the countryside. Oh, Ethel. And a year on, I'm beginning to think it was a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. We have a lovely house and garden. The children have settled in really well as I work from home now. And I certainly don't miss the commute. But what I do really miss is my friends. I haven't made any new ones so far. And as my kids are at secondary school, there are no school gate opportunities to meet other mums and dads. What do I do? Mm, yes I mean that is the dilemma because you know me in my escape to the country fantasies and plans and I have to say one of the things that has kind of stopped me wanting to do it as much as I would love to is is friends because I think uh, you know at 55 I've kind of my thoughts are life is about family friends and fun all of those things together oh mm, you're fishing my best friend you basically (laughs) saying I would miss you too much in my Kent Haven yes down by the coast so you can come and swim in the sea but it's anyway it is hard I think moving out and I grew up in the country so I know very well what it's like living there yeah exactly anyway what we did was we talked to somebody who knows a bit more about this than us and that's Hero Brown who's the founder of Muddy Stilettos website which she actually set up when she moved from London um, out to the the countryside and it's this really brilliant essentially she calls it an urban guide to the countryside so it features all the best shops restaurants bars fashion beauty and culture across areas areas of the UK outside of the big cities and she said the first thing is you have to kind of get comfortable outside your comfort zone and just say yes say yes to anything and everything any invitations you get just say yes and just go and try things out you know you won't get asked again if a neighbor asks you or if there's a local festival happening you have to show up and she said there's so many brilliant events happening across the countryside so social media is your friend and you can start kind of looking at people in your area and start finding your tribe because it's not about just meeting it's about finding your tribe as well isn't it the like-minded people um she says really importantly a bit of etiquette here drop the city swagger because many villages and towns are very strong communities Uh, with many locals having lived their whole lives nearby so humor humility and genuine interest will oil the wheels to happiness so I think it is going to take a bit of effort and a bit of work and a bit of you know it is that thing if you can't do it at the school gate so it is joining classes clubs um, Facebook groups exactly so we I grew up in the place near the place where we have a house in Cornwall so I am both London and Cornwall so when Mm. I go back I'm visiting but I'm also a local but you have to ingratiate yourself. We join the Marine Beach Clean group. So we always mm-hmm. do that when we go down. They have local little garden festivals um, near where we live. So we always go and see people's gardens and talk to them. You really do have to put the effort in, yeah. I think, to make sure you feel part of the community. You know, we've helped people set up the little cafe and things like that. Anything, if you've got a skill as well and you yes. see a gap in the market where you are, whether that's a local shop or a little bookshop or something, you say, I can help here or we can find people to volunteer. I think that's the way you do it. You've got to yeah. be really, really proactive because yeah. you aren't going to just bump into people like you do no yeah and you London. have to get in the car here says you just have to accept that you will have to get yeah. in the car and drive two places which might not come sort of naturally if you're used to hopping on a bus or a train or walking yeah you just have to accept that that is part of it and it will take time and time and effort and in the meantime you've still got your lovely friends from before and I'm sure you're in contact with them and make plans to see them and everything so I hope that's helped Ethel, Ethel. a little bit well she friends. should she change might, her name because it's well, so she peculiar, can become friends with me this Marjorie, don't you think? That would be quite nice as well. Well, there's a group of women I'd want yes. to go to Las Vegas with, <laughs> not. <laughs> it's 
time to welcome our guest this week. You will know her best as the co-presenter of our beloved Strictly Come Dancing. But Claudia Winkleman is also an author. Her first book, Quite, made Sunday Times top 10 list. A BBC Two radio presenter, podcaster, comic relief fundraiser, mum of three, including two teens. And if I remember rightly, an epic fan of many daytime naps. Claudia has been on our screens for almost three decades and has been twice nominated for a BAFTA. Her telly CV also includes the great British sewing bee. The House of Tiny Tearaways, Eurovision, Hell's Kitchen and Britain's Best Home Cook, as well as guest appearances on almost all of our most watched quiz shows. She also writes regular columns in the national newspapers on fashion and style. Her fringe has become a national treasure and Claudia has a degree in art history from Cambridge University, in case you're not already impressed by her breadth of talent from the list above. She lives in London with her Danish husband of 21 years, Chris, alongside the family tortoise Yoshi, and admits she never stays out after 10 p.m. She is a fan of Bridge. To celebrate turning 50 in January this year, Claudia said she wanted to try something new and scary. And today we're about to find out exactly what she's going to do to mark this momentous birthday. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Claudia Winkleman. Thank you so much for having me. I don't know if you know this, but your mum, Eve Pollard, gave me my first job in newspapers. I did not know that. What about that, eh? She was editing Sunday Mirror at the time. She's a doyen of the newspaper industry. I was just 21. Now, Eve, as we know, is not scared of anything. But you, and I say this with love... Yeah, are quite scared of going out of your comfort zone. Now, you are about to do something really frightening, aren't you? Because you wanted to do new and scary to celebrate your 50th. Tell us what it is. Well, it makes no sense. And even even as I say it, I'm a little bit sick. (laughs) Also, let me just say, you know, there are some things you plan, like this Sunday, I'm going to make honeyed parsnips. And you discuss it, you go to the shop, you buy your parsnips, you make sure you've still got a vegetable peeler. You sort of put some effort in. I said to a lovely girl who's in charge of me, quite casually, in the same way that I would say to one of you two, do you know what, I might buy a navy jumper, but <laughs> casual, just throw it out there. Let me just pop that in. And I said, I'd quite like to try like an evening with, and I must have said it in November, in the middle of also talking about how we felt about chestnut stuffing. (laughs) So it was one of those, you know, like stuff I've got to do. Small things. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, about two weeks ago, she said, right, yeah, we've got your dates. Can you just tell me what you'd like to call it? And can you approve the poster? And I was (laughs) like, what are you talking about? You know, you have to understand when I speak, I don't mean stuff. But anyway, th- there it is. Off we go. See, let me tell the listeners, this is Behind the Fringe, which is a, a tour. This is a one-woman tour that you will be yes, going let's on. let's not exaggerate. I can't imagine anyone will buy a ticket. It's me <laughs> plus two people who work at the lovely theatres having a chat. I mean, I don't even know what it is. It starts on April the 25th in Guildford, but you are doing some fun things there because you're going to do a sort of live fringe cut, aren't you, as well? Mass fringe trim. I'm, I won't <laughs> be doing it, you'll be pleased to know, because of my eyesight. A, I've got terrible eyesight, and B, I'm not sure the fringe helps. Yes, I could cut it, sure, <laughs> but no. So, yeah, we've contacted the local hairdressers. What it will be, obviously... 
I'm not funny or interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. the other thing is, I've always worked for Radio 2 forever, but I've started doing a Saturday show. We're coming up to 50 shows. Lots of people I interviewed from, you know, Stacey Dooley to Susie Dent. And lots of people were going, you should do it, Claude. You just, there is love in the room. Go yeah. to the baby tour. It's really good fun. But anyway, so now we're doing it. So it will be random, but I feel so responsible. Whatever happens, I'm going to make sure the people who come, even if I have to then go back to the house and change their sheets or <laughs> take them to the local spaghetti house, whatever it is, I owe them <gasps> and I will oh. make sure they have a good time. Claudia, you are fun and you are interesting, but I'm getting a sense that you're a bit of a, a, a people pleaser as well if you're yes. taking people. But listen, you've, you've turned 50, right? Yes. That's a huge milestone. We're celebrating with this tour. How is being 50 for you? What's going on at 50? How did you feel about it? Well, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have felt 50. Well, in fact, I've felt 64 for the last 25 years. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, thank God. I wasn't very good at being 20. I don't really like queuing for nightclubs. I don't even Mm. understand nightclubs. Isn't that noise? I don't really like doing shots. I like playing bridge. Mm -hmm. I like being with my same eight, my girls. I like being with my parents. I like being with the kids. I like a good 45-minute conversation about the perfect tog of a duvet. So (laughs) I was born to be here. It can be... Trixie, if you look back going, oh, but that was so fun. No, my fun is, I've had a brilliant time. I'm incredibly grateful and lucky, but my fun is still to come. I want to go on bridge tours. That's the aim, guys. Okay. That's ridiculous. How did you get into bridge? I'm fascinated because I like playing cars, but bridge seems a step too far. No, bridge too no, no. far, even. Bridge mm. is absolute. I mean, I can talk to you until you're in. <laughs> what, what's right, the point minutes, of it? What minutes. do you win? Well, you win glory, I'll be honest, mm. which is, as we know, worth everything. I learnt bridge. We had two best friends. We used to go away. We went away for our 30th and we played backgammon. I like games. Mm. You know, I like a jigsaw puzzle. I like sort of being tested. You've been an adult for a very long time, haven't you? (laughs) I asked for a crochet set for my 21st. To be clear, (laughs) my parents said you can get all your mates round. You can absolutely drink. You know, we'll make margaritas. I was like, to be honest... You know those tapestry cushions? Could I make one of those? <laughs> yes, how lovely. That's what you're dealing with. If you like a mystery, if you like unravelling mm. code, and I'm making it sound more complicated than it is, Bridge uses a part of your brain that we do mm. not use in everyday life. I and only connect. Yeah, I love only connect. She's yeah, I can't right. even, I don't know what's going on there. I don't even... She's, I play Bridge with Vicky a lot, so... but. But and you can imagine how brilliant she is. And you play bridge as a team. And what you're doing is working out which contract you're going for. If you like an Agatha Christie, mm, if you like right. a Midsummer Murders, Ooh. just tapping into a little part of your head that you never use, that is bridge. Once you start playing, yep. that's it. Ooh, and my favourite night of all time, you could say... George Clooney, Leonardo DiCaprio and Barack Obama want to come round and do you know what? They want to try your roast chicken or do you want to play bridge with your best friends? No 
question it's brief this is a midlife thing you're slightly it's kind of old in your mindset for midlife as it were by the yeah. kind of cultural narrative but did your mum prepare you for this stage of life just from a kind of you've talked in the past about not really having any perimenopause symptoms apart from sort of waking up a bit earlier than normal you know and Eve's vice chair isn't she of well-being yeah. of women so you've you've been in a household where people have talked about women's lives and their health and things are changing were you anticipating anything yes the other good thing about my face actually physically falling off and my body being covered it's like made of crepe all of a sudden <laughs> right. that's okay that's fine I've never been to the gym I don't care but I was brought up by a woman who had no mirrors in the house. I've got no, hence what I look like. Because what we looked like was, she always said, the least interesting thing about us. So it was, and don't worry about being interesting, but always be interested and keep your girlfriends close. Your girlfriends are absolutely the mountain, the your scaffolding, your everything. And be lovely to all women. So I was brought up with that just all being part of my life. And she sort of talked about the menopause, but my mum, and I know lots of people have had a horrible time. Mm. She had an okay time with it, but she said it will come. She loves a doctor. We worship the health service. So when I started waking up early, she said, definitely go and get your hormones checked. You haven't changed anything as a result. You haven't sort of started to do weight-bearing exercise or vitamin D, all of that. Or <laughs> no, although I have to take vitamin D. As my doctor said, he said, I thought you were always in the sun. I went, no, babe, this is... <laughs> It's from a bottle. I've been in the sun for 15 years. Yeah, so no, I haven't done any of that. I mean, I think I look after myself because I'm so dull. I'm in bed mm-hmm. with a book at nine. Because you I, don't I, hold with well-being, do you, either? That's not one not. of your wellness. No. no. But again, I'm not being judgmental. Lots of people can yeah. do whatever they want. But I think I probably do in my own way, in the way that I'm incredibly lucky. I'm not in an office all day. Not always. So I nap. Uh, I came from a, a, a nap just now. Yeah, but you don't, mm-hmm. take, you don't get into bed, do you? You just lie on the top like a sort of yeah. resting vision. It is very important not to get under the covers because they were sending very confused messages. I didn't even use a covering this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I'll use a towel. But if you're going to nap this late in the day to use a covering, also highly dangerous. I mean, it's like a bungee jump having a nap this close to bed. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but I had to. So I suppose, yes, I look after myself. I try and eat healthy, but I love melted cheese. I'm not really interested in giving me any thought at all. So do you have the same philosophy bringing up your kids as as your mum did in terms of the mirrors and things like that? And I'm also fascinated. You've got teenagers in the house. You were obviously a particular type of teenager. I think you probably weren't that naughty then if you've been a grown up for ages. Your teenager's a bit naughty. Yes, one of them is very mm. naughty and it's interesting because I don't quite recognise that. But I think they're supposed to be naughty. I mean, I wasn't very rebellious, possibly because I was the eldest. Different kind of kids, right? Even from birth, mine were all completely and utterly different. Mm-hmm. The way they napped, the way I winded them. Nobody yeah. tells you that parenting is actually about winding. <laughs> and people talk to you about all kinds of other stuff. But basically, if you can get a burp up, you feel... Like, it's made your day. <laughs> you're like Thor. My technique, which was a low and then an up, 
didn't work on all of them. But yeah, I love teenagers because they're hilarious. You hold on to the tiny and you go, I just want a three-year-old and I just want a four-year-old. And actually that's not fair on them. And the joy of them growing up is that they're extraordinary company. If you said to me, you can have lunch or dinner with anyone. I mean, obviously it would be my kids, but I love them when they're older and... Mm. They're supposed to think that I'm annoying. Because Tanya Byron's one of your best friends yeah. and you did House of Tiny Tearaways together. And I, I know she's talked in the past about you being very close to them and having to learn to separate from them. And this yeah, is kind of the big separating time, isn't it? They're going to go to university. They're going. How are you going to handle that? What have you been learning for our listeners to know? I handle it very badly. And one is at university. I felt heartbroken but it's not fair on him for me just to keep him here with me all the time, just having three meals a day and me looking in his eyes and going, I'm not being funny, but if you love that Rolling Stones album, would you consider listening to this song by Led Zeppelin? He doesn't want to do that. He wants to be with his friends and he should be with his friends. You know, roots and wings and all that, you have to give them both. And I remember my mum dropping me off at university and she could not stop crying. And I was like, I won't do that. I'll be brave. And of course, I fell apart because they're my life. And I know I'm boring and I sound like a stuck record. And that is why girlfriends... Are, you know, and lots of people just expect our friends to land in our lap and it's just to be easy peasy. And often it is. But I mm-hmm. think the more effort we can make with our girls, like mm-hmm. you would, you know, when you first meet a boy and you really fancy him and you're like, oh, maybe I'm going to wear this top or maybe I'm going to make a moussaka. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my girls do that for each other. Not that we mm-hmm. make moussaka ever, but we look after each other. We're there for each other. Mm-hmm. And they held me up when Jake left because I was a wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your advice? I mean, I guess you, because you've done the podcast with Tanya, if you had to offer three pieces of parenting advice at the stage you're at now, what, what would you be able to offer our listeners? I mean, there is nobody like Professor Tanya Byron. That's She's what. just the best. There is yeah. nobody like her. Well, in fact, what my favourite parenting tip came from my mum, which was when she grounded me, I was constantly being grounded. I don't know why, possibly because I wasn't getting A's. I don't know. <laughs> And I remember her saying to me, you can't go to that. And I shouted at her, I don't like you. And she replied back, you're not supposed to. (laughs) And it was an enormous relief. I was like, oh, thank goodness for that. That's that's absolutely amazing. It released me. I was like, by the way, me and my mum speak twice a day. We've spoken three times today. One subject was just on hand towels, whether you actually (laughs) need them. I think it's a no. So that was very good. So the knowledge that they have to push against you, they have to move past you, they have to think you're a bit of a dick is one. And two, what I learned from Tarn is the boring thing when they're little, which I never understood. And thank God I did have some tiny terror ways with her, which was ignore bad behavior, praise good. Yeah. And it's so straightforward because I would always, you know, if somebody threw something on the floor, I'd be like, oh, let's discuss it and blah. And I'd phone my husband, I don't care what meeting you're in. They just dropped a piece of pizza on the floor, come back. And there was so much attention. And then when they just sat there and said, mommy, I want to play with stickers. I was like, oh, thank God, right, you do that. And I'll reply to an email. And actually, it should be completely the other way around. And I suppose just be there. Lots of people talk about quality rather than quantity. You know, so you go, I haven't been with you all day, but now it's just you and me and we have got 20 minutes and let's download. 
as they get older, I have found with mine, that doesn't work. With my 10-year-old, that's okay. Yeah. He comes home from school. What did you have? How was maths? Did, oh, you've lost your protractor. Let's discuss that. My kids are older. One is nearly 19 and my daughter's 15. That's not the way it works. They mm-hmm. will come up to me and slightly sort of just nudge me at quarter to nine and go, Mum, I'm not sure I'm really enjoying x or i think i might have upset my friend or mm-hmm. do i have to do physics gcse or whatever it is yeah you know you've got to hear it all lean in because you worked really hard throughout your career and i know chris is very present as well in their lives do you look back and think oh, i wish i had you know because i think i do now i look back and think oh god I just wish i'd been there at that point or i'd been there at that point how do you rationalize that i often think for my eldest it was hard i went back when he was six weeks old yeah. but whereas my second one much later and my third one he's 10 i've barely gone back I mean, I work 10 Saturdays. Apart from presenting strictly. (laughs) (laughs) I also think I'm in an incredibly lucky position. I would never, ever complain because I mainly work at the weekends during Strictly or whatever, and my husband's here. So how lucky am Mm -hmm. I? So I I can't complain. And also my mum, you know, she always thought it was very important that I saw her go out to work. It's good for Mm -hmm. my kids too. But everybody's different. And your career trajectory, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's so fantastic seeing so many hot midlife women on television, on radio. I mean, you're part of a kind of a growing gang of these women. Who inspires you? Which women have done something amazing in your eyes? Oh, well, if I just look at radio too, Mm -hmm. and we are, be prepared to feel nauseous, a proper family. Mm-hmm. So you look at Zoe, mm-hmm. you look at Sarah, you look at Joe Wiley, you look at Vanessa, and they work hard, they're incredibly close to their families, and they're kind and hilarious to be around. Everyone needs somebody who has done it before you. Yeah. And a governor of mine, Emma, did everything before me, and she did it with a plum. Mm-hmm. She had four kids, but she also worked hard. They felt adored, worshipped, loved, listened to, but she would also go off and go, I've had an idea for comic relief or whatever it is. She worked really, really hard and was an amazing mum. So she was, I really looked Mm -hmm. after her and my own mum because Mm -hmm. whatever she was doing, she was editing newspapers. I knew I could phone up and go, do you know what? I'm a bit stuck on this history homework. And she'd go, right, I'm listening. Tell me everything. And Strictly is an all-women team almost, isn't it? It's an all-women team. Our producer is uh, Sarah James. She's extraordinary. Our director is a BAFTA award-winning director. Our producer is Nicola. It is predominantly a female team. The head of BBC is Charlotte. The head of entertainment is Kate. A brilliant woman called Jo runs our team. The person who we look to for BBC Studios is called Susie. We'll look brilliant. Her. Yeah, we love that. Because we've got you here and obviously we're an in-depth investigative <laughs> series <laughs> podcast. We're going to ask you some quick fire. Oh, I love quick fire. Mm. In-depth questions, not on art history or anything like that, because Trish and I don't know anything about it. <laughs> we don't. I'm going to ask you, what is your favourite ballroom dance and which professional partner would you choose? I would dance the Argentine tango. <gasps> and I think I would have to dance with either Karen, who is mm. phenomenal, or Craig Revel Horwood. Oh, the Craig. Craig? Argentine tango. All that sort of leg work. Very yeah, good. flickety flick. Flickety flick with the old legs. Right. Which co-presenter from any of your shows are you most like? Oh, Is I it don't... Mary? Is it Mary? Love Mary more than mm, I. Are you most I like Mary? Mary? 
and I love Tarn. Um, I've been really lucky. I've worked with women. Not that I dislike men. I don't know, but they're all majestic. Mm-hmm. And they're very different from you. Then there's no similarities. Quite no, similar we're, all yeah, we're all the same. Yeah, we're all the same. All the, same. <laughs> all the women I tell you. We all are very grateful for our work, but we really are discussing recipes, babies, uh, babies, and what to do with frozen peas. <laughs> Okay, this That's is a good reassuring. one. Yeah, Samantha or Carrie? Carrie. Yeah, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the shoes, isn't it? Yeah, the shoes. Are the you style. came into um, my office when I was editing Cosmo. What, do you remember? You might remember this. And you had the most amazing pair of Manolas on, and you were talking about something you wanted to write, and I couldn't concentrate at all. Just looking at your shoes. Shoes. Oh my god! I just I only wear DMs now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You'd be very disappointed. Oh. An oh. pair of Converse. Yeah. Well, I I am huge admiration for the the height of the stilettos that you wear on Strictly. They look amazing, but God, they look. Painful. I can't walk in them. They can't walk in them. You just stand. You have to understand. I have the body of ET. I am. (laughs) I have a torso and then feet. My co-host is a supermodel. So I'm like, I'm putting those shoes on. But I stand next to that beautiful creature. And all those beautiful clothes you get to wear. So I'm sure, like most of us, you probably have something in your wardrobe that you bought that you really love, but you never wear it. You've never got round to wearing it. Is there such an item? There is an item like that because I wear the same thing. And that is my other, my mum gave me that. Like I have a uniform and Mm -hmm. it is black jean, the same black t-shirt, a Miss Topshop, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. my favourite black t- uh, top top t-shirt and then I wear a different form of either black or grey sweater and then I wear a D. like that's mm-hmm. it once the sun comes out obviously I'm appalled because I don't believe in summer dressing but sometimes in my head I have a fantasy that I'm like a pale denim girl Ooh. but if you're 50 and you grew up with that sort of cool I don't even know what show it was with like bleachy blonde girls in pale denim. Anyway, so I've got a pair of pale denim, slightly frayed. They're just Mm. good jeans. I've never once, I think I won. And then I was like, this is weird. (laughs) But otherwise I don't go off my uniform. It's not like I've got a a midi skirt or anything patterned in there or anything colourful. Don't panic. I've got four children, as you know, and they repeatedly say to me, am I, am I your favourite? And they take me to one side and they'll say, it's me, isn't it? I'm, I'm your favourite, aren't I, really? And then the other one will say, well, he's your favourite, he's always your favourite. How do you answer that question? I say you are all my favourites and my children are obsessed by it. They're obsessed by it. And I was once interviewing somebody, really major, a pre-record, and he went, oh, I'm so sorry, I've just got to take this, it's my kid. I was like, of course. And he answered, and all I heard him say was, your, your mum's favourite child, and then he put the phone down. And I was, What's that? And he said he wanted the password. Everybody who will be listening will know it is physically impossible to have a favourite child. It's not even like I'm saying that to try and be nice. It is impossible. Possible. You might have a child that is more like you. There might be a child that's more like your husband. There might be a child that causes more problems. There might be, but I live for all of them. It's impossible. And I was yeah. laughing, and he said, because that's all my children are obsessed by, and they're sure that this one is <laughs> favourite. And then he said to me, he isn't. <laughs> like he doesn't have one. Oh, that is oh. the part. The guest password for almost all our Wi-Fi. Sky, my, your favourite child. I'm your favourite child, or Sky's mm-hmm. your favourite child, yeah. or my Facebook. It's all, all. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. They're obsessed with it, aren't they? Absolutely obsessed. Yeah. I would say, well, you're my favourite today. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> 
Good well, I've got one of each, so I can say you're my favourite son and you're my favourite daughter. Yes. Now, you must get recognised everywhere you go. Never. And I'm I've sure never that's a so- You're joking. I swear, <laughs> I've never... And I'm on the central line. Yes. I'm on the tube four times a day. Because I take my son and I come back and then I take him and get... I, then I go pick him up and then I come back. I have never... Oh I mean, I think even if I went in a ball gown and hummed the Strictly theme tune, I don't oh, think anybody would lock up. What's that all about? That's very strange. Holding on to Johannes. <laughs> yeah, it's never happened. I was recognised once in Foyle's bookshop and somebody came up to me and went, oh my God, I'm so pleased I've met you. Can you just sign this? And I said, of course, never. Thanks to Vina. <laughs> Well, that makes this question, this quickfire question, a bit redundant then, because we're going to ask you about disguises, you know, because you're, you're very distinctive, your look. And we thought you might need a disguise when you go out. And if you had a disguise... I don't believe that Strictly Come Dancing, or with me on it, is actually on television. <laughs> I believe... I'm so close to my parents. I think they might have funded this elaborate home video. <laughs> they might have created this. Yeah. You two are ve- doing very well. This won't go out. But they're like, oh, make her feel good yeah. you know, in yeah. February. Just pretend Ooh. that they're interested. Yeah. I fear it's sounding a bit of imposter syndrome there, Claudia. I love imposter Classic syndrome. Classic imposter syndrome. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very pro it. Mm. Okay. Because we've all met people who don't have imposter syndrome and they're ghastly. Some of so, them are men, mostly, I find. <laughs> on the tour at Guildford, I go on at 7.30. At 7.20, I will be gripped oh. by horrendous yep. nerves and full imposter syndrome and I think that is to be uh, celebrated and I don't mean some people will be suffering and and it's crippling and that is horrible mm. yeah but to wonder why on earth me and to expect it all to end mm. and expect the call from BBC HR going oh my god we've made a terrible mistake <laughs> I think that that's absolutely fine. That's as it should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have nerves when you do Strictly because it's yeah. live. Because it's a big show. You've got to remember all that and you've got to read the autocue. And you've, you never look like you're just asking the questions and not listening to the answer, which... No, you know, I love them. Yeah. So how do you overcome it? Do you have some kind of ritual or...? I think, A, you have to embrace the nerves. B, what I always say to my kids is I... Maybe I was quite weird. I quite liked exams when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I quite like being tested. I do feel nerves, but what I also feel when I do Strictly, because what I do is the smallest part in this whole machine. So you feel enormous responsibility not to go off peace, not mm-hmm. to talk for too long, not to make a mistake, not to fall over, not to... And I'm not saying this to be all self-deprecating, mm. It is really not about me. It is about Mm. the judges having enough time and it's about the dance and it's about making these celebrities who are totally terrified at the beginning, Mm -hmm. definitely, feel comfortable. And that's my job. So you feel a responsibility towards my producer, towards the channel, and also, obviously, to the brilliant people who are watching. Mm. But I just, I have to stay contained and know my place. But I think it is the care and consideration yeah. to that dynamic of all the players that that really comes across and makes it so fabulous and appealing and enjoyable and heartwarming and, and all of those things. So I, I think to, you guys like, do an amazing job. But it's like editing a magazine, or mm-hmm. I imagine. It's everyone around, yeah. or, or not necessarily editing a magazine, working on a magazine. Or I used to write a column for Lorraine. And you know that you are just a teeny, mm-hmm. you can't mess up. You've got to hit your deadline. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everyone goes... Well, what are you doing? We're a team mm-hmm. here. You're messing up. Not everyone hit their deadline. 
you did. <laughs> you were one of, you're like a dream columnist. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask you about your birthday party because your birthday, it was the day after my sec number two was 18. You have a January birthday, which is yeah. a bit of a bummer, quite frankly, because it's so soon after Christmas and everyone's dry January. What, what did you do to celebrate? Did you have a big cake, two roast chickens? I did. I did my uh, Radio 2 show because I love it. They were like, you're going to take it off. I was like, I'm so grateful to be here. I said, but we can't mention the birthday. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, right. it's hideous. Anyway, and I brought in quite a lot of cake and they gave me so much cheese because I'm obsessed <laughs> by cheese. Yeah. It was fantastic. And then we had dinner with our family and our best friends. And it was, I loved it. I know I don't really do parties or anything like that, but did one for my 40th, did one oh, for my 50th. Favourite present? What? Well, this is quite major, guys. This mm-hmm. is quite major. All I want is a dog. Oh, I want a dog so badly, and oh, I wanted one. You for, haven't got a garden, though, have you? I don't have a garden. Yeah. So I always thought it was unfair, but I could get an old rescue dog yes. who doesn't need to do too much walking. I'll still mm-hmm. look after him or her. And I promise you I will still take them for a walk. But I think quite hard to get something very little and bouncy or big and bouncy that needs a garden. Anyway, so I got I got the go ahead. Have you got the dog? Have you got the, dog? Got the thumbs up? No. I think I need somehow need to help my daughter with her GCSEs. Oh. Me <laughs> shouting, Muffin needs a haircut and needs a sing song. Oh. Or whatever. Oh, I think, but Muffin will help with the GCSEs. Oh my God, yeah, they're, they're the best thing good. for teenagers, the dogs. Okay, we can't let you go without our final quick fire question, which is uh, a nostalgia noodle, which is something that we do on every episode of the show, where we talk about something from our past, from our childhoods, from our teenage years that um, maybe doesn't exist anymore, but brings back really lovely memories. So, have you got one? It was a very special occasion. If we had something called ice magic, do you remember ice magic? No, I no. do not. Tell us. Ice magic, it was a cone, and you poured it on a bit of ice cream, a bit of Wolf's vanilla, and oh, it hardened. Yes. Oh, yes. And I think it was called Ice Magic. That is my nostalgia. And the other is Gladys Knight and the Pips. Midnight Train to Georgia, mm-hmm. which my mum would sing. Sometimes she'd work on Saturdays. But on Sundays, she would make us, my favourite thing ever, she'd make us like a cheese and onion pie while we would listen to that song. So those are my two oh, snapshots. Yeah. Thank oh. you so much, Claudia. Thanks for having me. We will come to your London show. No, you mustn't. Mm-hmm. Nobody <laughs> will. I just officially say, nobody must come. Let me do this alone and fail and fail that's the other lesson for kids and for grown-ups failing is absolutely fine we give things a go they don't work okay Mm. never mind so no absolutely nobody come thank you well we're very excited thank you for coming on to postcards from midlife thank you for having me it's nostalgia noodle and i have one word for you lorraine and that's clackers what what does that mean (laughs) You don't know what clackers are? No. Clackers? Are you will when I describe them? Do you remember? We might have called them something different. Probably did. We've got to account for that. A strange strange dialect. Unusual, distinct dialect. Right. Clackers were those, like, imagine two hard acrylics or plastic balls attached to string 
one bit yes. of long string that you hold the string up at the top and then you bounce oh, them yeah. and they start clacking together. Yes. Remember that? Clack, 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 clack. And then if you were really advanced, you'd clack really fast and they'd go spinning round and obviously somebody would let them go and then a child would get a black eye. Do you, do you remember that? I think they were the probably playground? banned by safety conscious millennial I parents, weren't they? I think so. Certainly weren't banned in the 70s in our day. Where did you buy them? You just bought them anyway. Woolworths, I think, would have probably been yeah, dear old Woolworths. They would have had them but yes I was thinking they're a bit like those metronome things that, yeah but you know strange very strange but it's a weapon of choice a it was I was thinking that I think that's <laughs> why I was looking for a weapon and I thought what would be a good weapon a clacker well I've gone back to the kitchen again for my you always quite keen on the kitchen yes yeah, food it's related odd, isn't it? yes I'm going to talk to you about tea caddies because oh. I, we had a little friend one of the Mabel's little friends come to stay this week mm-hmm. and I said would you have a cup of tea and she she said, we don't drink tea. And I said to me, well, we'll go and get the tea caddy out. And then she said, what's a tea caddy? Oh. <laughs> and obviously a tea caddy is not a tea caddy anymore, is it? So, you know, in our little bungalow where I grew mm. up, it would be loose tea. Yeah. Nice with a little spoon maybe kind of Mm. silver jubilee tin something Mm. like that with a little spoon in it and tea making was a big old process wasn't it yes see in the thing you had to have a um, strainer warm the pot yeah make a big old thing but now you just pour the thing in so it's just struck me of the massive difference Mm. in the tea making rituals of then and now and then I was clearing out the mugs at the weekend because they are a mismatched bunch of old rubbish (laughs) All the nice ones broken, obviously. Oh, of course. And I found all the baby mugs, you know, oh, with the Potter little, ones with the rabbits on them, the whole thing. Yeah, and I just so put sweet. on Instagram, getting rid of these feels a bit sad. The people went crazy, Trish. <laughs> Don't get rid of the mugs. Keep the mugs for the tea. Oh. Keep the mugs for the grandchildren. Guess what else the people were keeping? What were they keeping? Teeth. Not teeth. We've yep. talked about this, I think. I know. They were keeping baby mm, teeth. No. Anyway, I've had a whole a week thinking about tea caddies. Tea and caddies. Teeth. You are a loose leaf tea rather than a tea no. bag. Why Both. would I do that? Our life's too short for Oh, me right. To do that. So you we put the tea bags children. in the tea caddies. Yeah. I think my mum thought tea bags were a bit common. I don't oh. know <laughs> what, where she got that from. Maybe we could ask Tom Daly to crochet us a tea cosy. We haven't talked about tea cosy. Matching one each. Yeah, nice. Can wear that for our cold water swimming. (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Postcards from Midlife. New episodes are available to listen to every Sunday on your podcast provider. And we'd really appreciate it if you can make sure to download your episodes so they count on our listener numbers. And if you could rate and review us too, that would be marvellous and we'd be terribly grateful. Yes, please spread the word to your friends and family because we want as many women as possible to join in the midlife conversation, which is what our private Facebook group is all about. So if you're not a member yet, do come on over and join in the chat. Yes, totally anonymous on our private file. I don't know why I was making fun of old-fashioned names. I've called my youngest <laughs> child Mabel, for exactly. God's sake, really. Anyway, you, you can use our lovely private Facebook group to post any feedback on the topics we discuss, as well as suggestions for other things you'd like to hear talked about or celebrities and experts you'd love to hear us interview or you can email us directly at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or maybe pop a little message on instagram Bye. bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.